So welcome back everyone to the Daily Dragon podcast, which is a show where we explore how disability and diversity are connected. And today we have um Richard Rizier from the who's the Secretary General of the Commonwealth Disabled People's Forum. Welcome to the show, Richard. Okay. Yeah, my name is Richard Rieser, and uh, I'm the General Secretary elected by the Commonwealth Disabled People's Forum, which is an organization of disabled people's organizations, i.e. those led and run by disabled people, um, with a majority of disabled people on their board, who support a social model human rights approach to disability rather than the old medical model, uh, traditional uh, charity approach. Um, we're about rights and creating rights for the more than 400 million disabled people across the Commonwealth uh, to have equity and to get our governments, of which 55 of the 56 have now ratified the UN Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities, uh, to actually implement it rather than just saying they're implementing it and to create a, a equality for all types of uh disabled people so that's people with a whole range of impairments physical sensory mental psychosocial uh including neurodiversity mental health issues as well as learning intellectual learning difficulties so and a lot of other conditions as well so we, we take we anybody's got a long-term impairment which impacts on their day-to-day -day activities we we would consider disabled people um and we see the history of what has happened to us, both in the developed world, but also in the ex-colonial underdeveloped world is uh, really impacted on by disabledist attitudes uh, and barriers that have been created, not necessarily on purpose, but usually through ignorance. But some of them are quite malign as well. Um, for instance, if you look at the treatment of people with al albinism across Africa, that's pretty malign. And where they're killed for spare parts because their limbs are supposedly have magical powers and uh, a lot of uh, infanticide still going on of disabled babies and so on and authorities not really dealing with all of these issues discrimination rife throughout the areas with disabled people particularly girls and women being uh, abused and uh, violated with violence towards them three times the level of non-disabled women across the Commonwealth. So these are major issues. Education, vast majority of disabled young people, particularly in Africa, still not accessing education and where they are, it's not inclusive, so it doesn't actually meet their needs. In terms of employment, we are 80% of the unemployed, um, well, and 80% of us are unemployed in many countries which is an incredible waste of about 7% of the GDP of most countries. Uh, so, uh, and then when it comes to climate, we are in the front line of climate disasters uh, and natural disasters, global warming events. And so all of those things lead us to need to group together. And yeah. um, that's what we're, we're doing as, as the Commonwealth Disabled People's Forum. Yeah, and so... How do you become interested in working with people with disabilities to begin with? Well, yeah, well, I'm a disabled person myself. I had polio when I was uh, nine months old. I'm now well into my 70s. So it's been something I've lived with my all my life, all my conscious life. And uh, 
For a long time, I ignored it and saw it as a personal problem. I was interested in, as a teacher, um, I was interested in other areas of equality, race equality, gender equality, class equality. But I saw disability as an individual issue. And it was only when I was discriminated against quite badly uh, that I finally found my way to the disability movement, which had already been going for when I joined it in 87, had been going for about 20 years. That's uh, based on those principles I talked about before, i.e. run and controlled by disabled people, where we see ourselves not as the main issue, but society is the problem, which is now the dominant view throughout the world, but it's slow to change in many parts of the world. Uh, so, you know, I got into that. I, I had pro problems getting into teaching. There's a medical fitness to teach test in the UK, which is still there despite the Equality Act, where I had to go and see a doctor and he told me to drop my trousers so he could look at my leg. But I don't see what that had to do with teaching, but that's what the regulations were. And then when I was teaching in uh, school, I wasn't given one room, but I was given three with stairs in between, which I found quite difficult. And then the, it came to a crunch when um, I was a geography teacher and... Uh, the minibus, which I drove, which was automatic, they decided to save £1,500 by getting a manual transmission. And I had to take a big fight out against the head teacher over that and won it. But then he, a few years later, decided to get rid of me from the school. I was also the union rep, so that might have had something to do with it. So I took a grievance against him and the local authority on grounds of union and disability discrimination before either of those were protected by law. But the Inner London Education Authority was quite hot on equalities issues back in the 80s. And so I won. They didn't know what to do with me. So I said, well, I couldn't go back to the school uh, and I didn't want to go to a job that was 25 miles away that they'd given me. So I said, well, I'll look at how you treat disabled teachers. And he said, no, we're not doing that. But you can look at the curriculum. So I got involved in disability in the curriculum that way. I also took motions to the National Union of Teachers who hadn't looked at disabled teachers at all. And we got that going and a working group and still going. And to the Trade Union Congress, where we also got a uh, disabled workers conference now. And there are sections in each union. So we've had quite a lot of progress in these areas. But... The big area which I got involved in was the need for inclusive education. And as you may know, the UK has a very segregated education system, as Germany does and a number of other countries, France, whereas others have actually taken the UN Convention and moved forward with it, Brazil, Portugal, New Zealand, uh, Spain, uh, the Nordic countries and so on. But um, UK... Germany, France, Netherlands, and into Eastern Europe, all still very segregated. If you're disabled, you're much more likely, um, if you have a severe impairment, to go to a special school, which would be great if they led to great results, but they don't lead to any results, really. And most kids are not entered for it. For, it's just a time-wasting activity. Um, and, of course, you're cut off from society. You're cut off from peer groups, relationships, and learning all those things that are so important for making your way in the world so you can get a job, hold it down, have a relationship and all those other things. So segregating people because of their impairment is discriminatory. 
and is against the international human rights, but it still persists throughout the world. And that's one of the big issues that we, we tackle. Um, so I got, if you like, my own experience of going both to special and to mainstream and private school, not that my parents could afford it, but when uh, the state primary school wouldn't take me, the county council agreed to pay for me to go to somewhere else. But um, my experience was of bullying, being normal, and uh, just going back a bit, and no reasonable accommodations for disabled students in mainstream. You had to sink or swim under your own devices. Uh, and of course, it's against the law now to not implement reasonable accommodations. That's dis disability discrimination. So I was much discriminated against, but I still I managed to get to university and did a geography degree and then a research degree. Um, and then I, my circuitous roots ended up in teaching, um, which I did for quite a long time. But then I went left and became CEO of a disability equality training organization where we trained 150,000 education staff to develop inclusive education, made a film for governments and other things. But the lack of funding as the moods changed meant that that went bankrupt. And then I'm just set up as a consultant and retired. And now I just seem to be working harder than ever doing not only the uh, Commonwealth Disabled People's Forum, but also running the UK Disability History Month. If people are interested in that, just look up ukdhm.org. We do different themes each year in the UK. And I also run my own consultancy called worldofinclusion.com. Uh, so I'm pretty busy doing all of those things. But it seems to me we're here to actually make a difference. And if you just waste your time uh, enjoying yourself, consuming and doing leisure activities and nothing else with your life, it's a wasted life, really. So yeah. I think people have to get on and try and make the change. And part of the reason the world is, is such a mess is because so many people who know better have withdrawn from the political sphere and left it to the extremes. And of course, if you leave it to the extremes, then horrible things happen. And we're seeing that ha unfolding all over the world at the moment. Yeah. And so in regards to since you joined the Commonwealth Disabled People's Forum, have you worked with the Commonwealth member states or the main Commonwealth of Nations organization? Well, we're, we're an accredited, we are an accredited independent organisation. We have national organisations in uh, 49 of the 56 states. Uh, we have several others who are, uh, we have another 50 or 60 who are associates who aren't the representative voice, but represent certain elements like women or dis children, young people, or a particular impairment group across the country. And... Uh, we since we got accredited in it took us we set this up in 2006 informally then formally in 2007 then because of lack of funding and support it went quiet for about 5 years and there was then a global summit on disability in 2018 a number of people from all over the world saw me knew me from having been the treasurer of that organization said look we have to start this again we need it so we held a meeting and 25 people turned up at that summit so we got some money eventually out of the UK government via the Disability Rights Fund. And we then the following year in New York, there's a meeting every June uh, where the states that have ratified the UN Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disability come together. 
So we thought it would be good to parallel that. So we set up then in 2019 with the revised constitution, newly elected executive and a work program. And we've been going ever since. And we've, of course, then soon after COVID came along and dismantled uh, much of what we planned to do. So we shifted to online training. So we did a capacity building during the COVID 14 modules on disability equality capacity building open to anybody who wants to see it on our website. CommonwealthDPF.org, uh, and uh, that we had about five hundred and twenty people from forty plus forty three countries did that, and we accredited about half of them who submitted coursework. We've now been running because it's Year of Youth across the Commonwealth a Youth Leaders Youth Disabled Leaders com uh, program where we've had less numbers about one hundred and fifty. Uh, in 30 plus countries and we've been doing six modules monthly on how to be a leader you know how to organize how to understand the issues how to understand the budget how to have democracy in the organizations you build um, and how to influence government so we're, we're coming to the end of that we're getting into the last month again all that material is on that website for people who are interested. And we'd be very interested to hear from anyone in a Commonwealth country who wants to join our network. We have a network of advocates who believe in what we do. They don't have any votes because we're a member organization of, of membership organizations, but we do have a network of disability advocates who want to see human rights. So people can join that and stay in touch with us. So people can contact me. The details of contacting are on that website, which I'll say again, uh, www or https uh, colon slash forward slash slash world of include, uh, no, sorry, commonwealthdpf.org. If they go there, if they want to know more about us, then they will find out. Uh, we're currently working to get all the countries which are meeting, the heads of government meet twice every two years. They're going to meet in Samoa in the Pacific in the third week in October. And uh, we are trying to get a agreement to take disability action across the Commonwealth much more seriously. We call it the Disability Inclusion Action Plan, and we're trying to get all the governments of the Commonwealth to do it. So I've been going around talking to high commissioners in London and people at the Commonwealth Secretariat about how we can get this agreed. We aren't there yet, but we're hoping people will support us in that. Uh, a week on Monday is Commonwealth Day, uh, and we've produced posters and four um, short videos why this is important, which will be up on our website from next week, which people can copy and put up all over the place and get the message from uh, our leaders speaking there so we do that sort of thing we use the internet quite widely um and we're just setting up for the alumni of the youth leaders course a whatsapp group so that they can uh, stay in touch with each other once the course is finished and help each other develop their <clears throat> activities and building the disability movement in their countries because if we had the capacity then these things would change much more quickly uh, although the convention, UN convention says government should talk to representative organisations, it doesn't say that they should fund them. And therefore, most DPOs go from hand to mouth doing project funding rather than having core funding so they could carry out their consultative function and representative function. So we've campaigned on that. 
and uh, it would be a lot easier if we did it. Really, as we are about one-fifth of the Commonwealth population, nothing should be happening without us. Um, so you, we used to say nothing about us without us. Now we just say nothing without us because everything impacts on us as one-fifth of the population uh, and we are very much disadvantaged. We've got a meeting, we're sending two people in Zanzibar starting on Monday, which is the Commonwealth Law Minister's meeting. And so we've got two of our executive committee going to speak at that and to get the support of the law ministers who'll be there of the need for justice and equality for disabled people in their country. So we are operating on all levels to try and take these uh, issues forward. Okay, my final question is, have you ever also ever worked with the Commonwealth Games Federation or have you worked with the Commonwealth Sports Programme or the Commonwealth Games? No, we haven't. We have made attempts to try and connect with that. Since the Paralympics decided on the, the purple 15% campaign, which met the last Olympics, last two Olympics, they become more political uh, about with a small p about the issue of disability, which is quite right because you can't live in a bubble of just disability sport. If you're a disabled person, you're going to be impacted by all these other things. So we are seeking to get greater links with those organisations, but haven't yet managed it. We've had some meetings about it, but it, we've not actually come to fruition. It's on our to-do list. Well, I'm sure it, I'm sure it will happen. Yeah. So, so thank you, thank you, General Secretary Richard Rizier, for joining us here today. And do before we go, do you would like to say any final words on today's final words? Today's well, topic? yeah, beyond disability to all your all those who tune into you. I mean, I think the message is up clear. You must get involved. You must choose what your principles are that you want to live by and what you want to achieve in greater in terms of greater social justice. Much of the problems we have in the world come from greed and selfishness. I don't believe that unbridled capitalism is the answer. Look at the crisis it created in 2008 by the greed on the financial markets, which incidentally knocked back the program to eradicate polio, which would have been gone if it hadn't have been for that. And since then, you know, funds for equalizing the world have gone into reverse. Things are getting more polarized between the 1% who are very rich and the 99% who are not. And that's even more so in poorer countries. You can't stand by and let that situation develop, in my view, if you are a citizen of the world and anyone living is. So you need to have choose what you're going to put your energies in and do it. And of course, fight for peace, because we are on a quite fast trajectory now to globalised warfare. And that will be, with the firepower we have now, really the end of a lot of things. And if we don't get done by that, we'll get done by not getting rid of global warming quickly enough. Okay. So there's plenty to get engaged with. If you're a disabled person, get engaged with your local disabled people's organization. If you're not, look for organizations which support the issues that you're most interested in. But always remember to take a reasoned view of it. Too much is done by prejudice in these areas. Thank you. My thoughts exactly. And thank you for joining us here today. And if you'd like to learn Learn more about um the Commonwealth Disabled Peoples Forum. The links to the websites that were mentioned in today's episode will be in the description box below. So you can go and check those out. Also, you can follow the show on 
via your social medias and remember to please like, share, leave a review. And see you guys next time. Thank you very much. Thank you.